Good morning, sunshine, and welcome back to another episode of Shine Buzz Daily, where it is all about creating the life that you want by taking inspired action and raising your vibration. Well, today we're going to talk about something. Today we're going to talk about something that is maybe a little different. Uh, we're going to talk about, as you see by the title, clutter. But how not only does clutter kind of lower your vibration, but it also is potentially a symptom of your toxic relationship that you experienced. So as we're getting started, I'm just going to let you know what we'll do is we'll go through a few minutes of content for those of you who are new around here, about 15 minutes of content, then we'll read the cards and then I'll open up for questions and hang out with y'all for another 45 minutes or so. All right. And just so you know, I will be here again today around 1230 Central Time with Dana Star for our usual Tuesday show. All right. Hey, everybody. So I'm just going to jump right into our content and we're going to get to it. So here we go. (laughs) Let me just push the button and pull my notes up. Okay. So question, are you living in clutter? If you are, do you now see, I just darn it. Okay. (laughs) So sorry. We're going to get it together. If you are, you're going to want to stick around for the show today because one of the least discussed symptoms of PTSD is you know, especially as a result of a toxic relationship, is the way you keep your space, your home, your office, all those things. So this can take one of two forms. On the best note, it will take a form of being obsessively clean and organized, of being overly concerned about it. Now, most of the time, though, the thing is that while we can draw, par- you know, the the other form, of course, cluttered and disorganized, but in both of these cases, we can draw you know, direct parallels to our path, our past and to the the relationships that we experienced, right? So today we're going to talk about that and also offer some tips on how to manage it if you are stuck in the clutter thing. Because here's the thing, when people see someone being obsessively clean and organized, most people, including the person who is obsessively clean and organized, won't see this as a big problem unless there's an OCD issue, which is another video altogether. And if you are interested in hearing about that, type OCD in the chat right now. Um, And we'll cover that in a a future episode. But today we're going to discuss clutter and we're going to talk about how often clutter can be a symptom of PTSD or CPTSD as a result of a toxic relationship and why. And of course, solutions on how you can resolve this in your own life if you're dealing with it. So The first thing we're going to talk about is very simple. What is problematic clutter? How do we know when we've kind of gone too far? How do we know if we're falling into that problem area? You know, do we just have a little pile here and there or is it much more than that? Well, I'm going to fill, I'm going to fill you in. The first symptom is that you feel uncomfortable in your home because of the clutter. So the clutter makes it hard for you to move around or the clutter makes it in some way uncomfortable. Maybe just the energetic force field, so to speak, around the clutter but you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you're told very often, or you say sometimes, you know, I just have too much stuff. Or somebody says, you, you have a lot of stuff. That could be a symptom. Or you feel embarrassed. This is a big one for me. If I don't feel like my house is in order, I don't want anyone to come into it. So if you feel like you're embarrassed about your house or something like that, you might be dealing with a clutter problem. If you feel like you're paralyzed and you can't clean or organize because of the amount of stuff in your house, you might have a clutter problem. If you have strong emotional attachments to some of that stuff, maybe certain items or certain collections, you might have a problem. If you waste time because of the clutter, 
if it takes you longer to get ready because you have to dig through piles of clothes or if it takes you, you know, longer to cook because you have to clean out the stove every day or whatever, you might have clutter. Or maybe you waste money. You go out to eat all the time instead of cooking at home because you can't find the stove under the clutter. And that's a little excessive. I know that's more of a hoarder thing, but clutter can lead to hoarding as we all know. Maybe you have piles or you have overstuffed drawers and shelves or a room you don't let anyone into because it's full of your clutter. Or maybe you want to declutter, but you feel like you have trouble deciding where you can let go of, what you can let go of, stuff like that. Or maybe you keep getting more stuff. You keep shopping, even though you know you have nowhere left to put anything. Could be a problem. Maybe you get so overwhelmed by your clutter that you actually rent a whole storage space to put some of it in. Or you box it all up and you stick it in your basement and you just never look at it again. Maybe you have problems at home or at work that are caused by the cluttering, maybe even in certain relationships that you have. Or you have areas in your home that you just can't use, like the room we talked about a minute ago, because of clutter. You will see people in situations like this where they'll have, like, their whole house will look spotless, but there will be one room or one part of the house that nobody goes in because it's full of junk. I can't tell you how many people I've met like that. Maybe you don't really have a place for everything, a place for everything, and so therefore you don't put everything in its place. As in, you know, you just put it willy-nilly wherever you can. That can indicate a problem. What it comes down to is that if the mess, and, and clutter doesn't necessarily mean dirty. Maybe you just have too many things in a small space or a big space. Maybe you fill the spaces with more stuff if you get a bigger space. Then there are those of us who have organized clutter where you have boxes and bins and all that stuff piled up. We'll get to that. All right. So a few years ago, several, many years ago, (laughs) I saw this episode of Oprah when she was still on network television uh, where she talked about how your home can be kind of an external representation of yourself, your body, your mind, your soul. And for some reason, okay, I'll tell you why. It really struck home with me because it was soon after I had left my ex-husband. And while I didn't have as much stuff as some people, I was living in a cluttered mess. And when I thought about it, I realized she was right because something inside of me felt broken and I was flailing in life in general. And I didn't know how to get out from under it. And so like every time I would walk into the area that was cluttered of my house, I would think, I'm going to do this today. This is, I'm cleaning this up. This is going to be a thing. I couldn't do it. I would feel so overwhelmed by just the appearance of it that I would turn around and walk away. It was terrible. And here's the thing. When we're in a toxic relationship, we are very often not controlling our own destiny. We allow this person, or we don't even maybe realize that we're allowing it, but This person, this toxic narcissist or whoever they are, they control us. They control our every move. And maybe they dictate our cleaning schedule like my mother did. Or maybe she walked around with a white glove and checked behind the toilets and everything. I was, she was obsessively clean. And I had to, my, well, anyway. Or maybe they make us feel out of control in other ways like my ex-husband did. We, either way, we find ourselves feeling stuck, lethargic, or in many cases, just exhausted emotionally, physically, and otherwise because of the things that we go through during those relationships, right? And so maybe we're keeping stuff because it's sentimental to us. Like, you know, some people keep every paper their kid ever made in school, you know, every little piece of art and everything. 
or maybe it's stuff from the toxic relationship and we're not ready to let go of it yet. Or maybe we keep things because we think we're going to use them someday. Or we keep all the old clothes that, you know, some relative that we love passed away, left all these clothes. We kept them because we love that person. Or maybe we keep stuff because it helps us feel more secure somehow or, or in control in some way. A lot of times we think, but I might use that someday. And, and it becomes a problem. And like I said, some of us have the organized clutter where we have the boxes and bins all stacked perfectly and labeled perfectly, and, but it's full of stuff we'll never ever use or touch again, you know? In any case, I think we can look at clutter sort of like extra weight in our lives. And I think even Oprah talked about this, and I'm not trying to talk about Oprah again, but I think she even talked about this in that episode we talked that I was explaining to you, um, because it does sort of manifest in other ways. And often that looks like body clutter to us. Um, So it can be just like extra weight. It feels overwhelming and impossible to drop it. It feels like we can't get rid of it. But with both clutter and extra weight, if we start to baby step our way into that toward our goal, it can, it can be resolved. And On a side note, often when we do get control of the clutter, we are also able to sort of get our hands around other issues, including sometimes our weight, depending on the situation, if that is a problem for us. Not everybody has that problem. But in any case, the solution doesn't happen overnight, and it it isn't always as easy as we'd like it to be. But I do know this. I know that there are things we can do to change our ways that can improve our lives for the better. And just a a side note here... um, my daughter, her room, I went into it the other day and I was horrified (laughs) at the mess. And despite my feeling of overwhelm, I literally, with her, went to work and cleaned it up and, and got her all clean and organized again. And in her situation, it wasn't so much trauma as it was a lack of direction because I was letting her do her thing. I wasn't constantly, you know, monitoring everything. She's 12 now, you know. And I realized, okay, she needs more supervision than this. But in any case, you know, it, in my opinion, the clutter is a symptom. It is a symptom of, well, what I felt like when I went into my daughter's room is it was a crisis situation <laughs> because I couldn't believe that she had such a mess. And, and I'm not saying that everybody's in a crisis situation when they have clutter, but this was an issue. So we dealt with it and she's feeling much better now. And, and, and now we're being a little more on top of, making sure she's staying organized. (laughs) It's not everyone's naturally organized is what I'm saying. So there's also that factor. She doesn't have a bunch of trauma, but she does, you know, anyway, she has her own things. So we already know that clutter can make us feel stressed out. It can leave us less time to enjoy our lives. It can cost us money because we forget we have things and we buy them again. (laughs) We know it can ruin our social lives. We know it can cause a lot of other issues. But did you know, and this is a really helpful thing, I think. Did you know that just being simply mindful can really quickly allow you to cut through the clutter even more than cleaning can do that? It's true. Um, A lot of people hold on to clutter, like I said, because they see it as some kind of emotional significance, you know, the the stuff that they're holding on to or, or the, um, or the fact, you know, like I said, that there's the, the issue with thinking we're going to use that stuff again. Uh, But maybe, for example, we have a toy in the closet that we've been holding on to because it's the last thing, you know, grandma gave little Bobby before she passed away. Or 
whatever. So little Bobby thinks I need to hold on to that toy because that reminds me of grandma, even though little Bobby's 17 now doesn't need the toy anymore. You know what I mean? Or what, whatever the, the case may be, similar issues for other things. You know, like I said, the clothing issue where sometimes people hold on to an entire wardrobe full of things because somebody passed away. One example of a healthier uh, situation that, that happened um, when my mother-in-law passed away, who was sort of like my mom, she became my mom anyway, she was amazing. Uh, when she passed away, um, my sister, technically sister-in-law, but I call her my sister, uh, Piper, was she's, she's in the home where she was taking care of her mother and she kept the home afterward, which was totally cool. But instead of keeping the many clothes that she had connected, uh, collect, that our mother had, can't talk, collected over those 79 years, she went through them all and she chose a couple of things and she had someone make a bear for her out of one of the sweatshirts that mom wore all the time. And I thought that was so cool because it kind of still smelled like her. It, um, she had a very uh, specific, it was Clinique something or other that she used to wear. I can't remember, but I, whenever I smell it, I, sm- I think of her. And so this bear smelled like her. I don't know if they sprayed it with it or if it, but, um, and she has this bear still today. And it's, it's really cool because it's something that she wore, but it's not taking up her entire closet space. You know what I mean? So that was a positive thing she did. But anyway, I think one of the biggest reasons that we do struggle physically and emotionally with clutter is because of the decluttering process can be incredibly painful when it is a symptom of what we've gone through. And, and that's especially when you see it as a big whole mess that you have to look at. It feels overwhelming to us. So if we use mindfulness to help us go through each thing, because it allows us to maintain our focus on just the one area, one issue at a time that needs to be dealt with. So we're not constantly, you know, standing there looking at a whole room full of mess. We could just stand there and look at one little table we can start with, for example. You're going to be able to simplify your life this way and keep what you need to be keeping and let go of the things that are just holding you down, the things that you really need to be free from. So if we focus on what it is that actually matters to us, like for example, the, the little bear that Piper had turned, you know, the, the sweatshirt she had turned into a little bear, that was a really nice way that she could hold on to something that would remind her of mom, but that she wouldn't have to keep the entire wardrobe in order to remember. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So a little tiny bear as opposed to a whole closet full of clothes. By using, you know, that sort of logic, it, it, it's going to make your life so much easier. But by using mindfulness, as you clear out the clutter, you're also going to let stress go in the process, which is a beautiful thing. If you are living in clutter right now, I want you to close your eyes and try to imagine what what your space would look like without that clutter. You know, remember how it looked when maybe you first bought the place or moved into the place. You know, it is worth doing. <laughs> Let me tell you, the things that we keep... And the emotions we won't let go of can be reminders of what we used to have and what used to be part of our lives. And sometimes it feels more comfortable to us to hold on to those things. You might think if you don't address the mess or the clutter that you don't have to deal with those things. But you and I both know that's not how it works. If we hold it in for too long, it just comes seeping out, sometimes exploding out. Clutter hanging around, whether we're looking at it or not, we feel it right? If there's an energy to it, 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 it's right there. And it brings our vibration down. 
But when we use mindfulness and intentional vibration management and all of this to declutter, to let go of things that we don't need, we're going to be a lot better able to focus. We're going to be a lot, I mean, in every area of our lives, not just in our homes, but at our at, at work and with our friends and in our relationships and in our recovery. We're going to feel healthier. We're going to feel better. It's going to help us evolve to the next level, right? Right. So... Like I said, you're going to feel better emotionally when you let go of those things and you're going to be able, on a more practical level, you'll be able to find the things you need instead of digging through stuff and getting stressed when you can't find something. And you won't spend as much money because you won't keep buying things you already had. And then, you know, it gives you more space in your home. I mean, there are so many reasons, or your office, it allows you to let go of the mental and emotional clutter that gives you the clarity that you need to really move forward in your recovery, to really start to, I mean, beyond recovery, to the point that you're evolving and you're becoming the best version of yourself. I really don't think that we can hit that, that level without dealing with this issue because our space is reflective of who we are on so many levels. And if you think about that, it, it makes a big difference, right? It makes a big difference. So the best thing you can do then is to go through each area of your life one little bit at a time and start to clear out the clutter. This might be your home, your office, maybe your relationships even, right? Maybe you have clutter in your relationships. And what I mean is a lot of times when we figure out, okay, there's a a toxic person I'm close to, then we start looking around our lives and we see other toxic people. We see other people that we really shouldn't have in our inner circle. This is a good time to sort of clear out the space there as well, energetically speaking, within reason. So here are a couple of practical solutions for getting your home clutter or your office clutter managed, right? Number one, get some help. If you can afford to, hire somebody. Pay them to come in and help you get things gone through and organized and and, and put away or, or gotten rid of. Not all of us can afford that. So here are some other things you can do. You can recruit your children to help you. Or you can offer to help a friend declutter their place. Or maybe you are really good at doing taxes. Maybe you can do your friend's taxes and they will help you declutter. Whatever it is. Think about that. You know, exchanging services. Maybe your friend has kids and really needs a night out. Maybe you keep the kids for, you know, one or two nights out. And then they help you declutter as repayment. You know what I mean? Think outside the box. It is very overwhelming to do this sometimes. And so just having a second set of hands can make the work go so much faster, okay, if that's of interest. But there's also another option, and that is to take little tiny baby steps toward it. Like your home didn't get this way overnight. It's not necessarily going to be resolved overnight, but maybe you can resolve it in 30 days. So I have a free class over, it's a program on Life Makeover Academy. I don't have the link right now, but I'll put it in the description or in the pinned comment after this is uh, session is over. Um, but check it out, sign up. It costs you nothing. There's no upsell or anything. It's just 30 days, you know, you get an email every day or, or you check into your class every day and see what the project for today is. You don't have to do it all in one day. It's free lifetime access. There's no strings attached, but it really helps. Um, originally I went through and did each day and I, even I think there's even videos of the first several days of me doing it in my house. <laughs> so might be worth a look. Um, but if you take the time to work through all these steps by the end of the program, if you finish all 30 days, your house will be done. You'll feel better. You'll be able to breathe again. Life will be easier, you know? 
All right. And number three, if you've always found it too difficult because you think the task is too much, just take 15 minutes a day or five minutes a day, whatever, and focus on one thing in the clutter. So like I said, pick a table or a shelf, a single one, or, or a, you know, a two-foot square space if you don't have tables and shelves in there in, in your clutter areas. You know what I mean? Take just tiny baby steps, just a few minutes a day. And if you think about this, if you spent 15 minutes a day for a week, what is that, like an hour and almost two hours worth of time that you'll have completed it. I'm sorry if the math is wrong. I'm a little, I'm trying to do it off the top of my head. (laughs) But if you do that and you look around your house, you know, imagine what two and a half hours or one and a half hours or whatever, an hour and three quarters can do. You'll be shocked. Don't, don't underestimate the power of baby steps. It's a huge thing and it really can help you a lot. And like I said, the, the projects that are in the 30 day thing, most of them won't take you more than 10 or 15 minutes. Some of them might take a few more minutes, but you know, you can also skip around and do the ones that you want to do. Uh, if like say that you don't like one or one seems like too big of a deal. So you skip that one and go on to the next day. That's okay with me. This is your day. You know, this is your thing. You don't have to do whatever I say. Right. Okay. And now I would like to, you know, question of the day. <laughs> question of the day is if you have personally overcome a clutter habit, let us know right now in the comments what are your best tips and tricks? How did you do it? What worked for you? What didn't? And if you're struggling with it, let me know that too. And let's talk about it. And in the meantime, you know what time it is now, right? I think y'all need some homework. Yes, I do. I think it's time to read the cards, but I'm pumped. So <laughs> let's get them, shall we? So we have first our, as usual, dialectical behavior therapy skills deck. And this is uh, really cool. Also, will be linked in the description below after the session. However, you don't need to buy these cards because I'm sharing every single one of them with you over the next few weeks, and I have shared the first 32 of them with you so far. So this is number 33, and it is an emotional regulation skill. Grab your pen or pencil and your paper, and let's do this. Um, so it says, reduce your cognitive vulnerability. Today, record your thoughts excuse me, today record your negative thoughts about yourself and others that trigger painful emotions. Then do your best to create alternate healthy coping thoughts. Then I'm going to read that sentence again. Then do your best to create alternate healthy coping thoughts. For example, instead of I'm a failure, use mistakes happen to everyone, including me. Then use that coping thought, then use that coping thought for the rest of the day. That is a really good one. So essentially... (laughs) This is actually an exercise I've given my my clients many times. (laughs) This is good. So essentially, when you're having negative thoughts about yourself and other people, create alternative healthy coping thoughts. You can do that, right? That is your assignment for today. And next up, we are going to quickly do our daily affirmation, which comes from the Gabrielle Bernstein Super Attractor deck, which will also be linked in the description below after the session. But again, you don't need to buy these because I'm sharing them all with you over the next several weeks. So today's card is really, really pretty. I don't know if you can see that, but it reads, get ready, write this down. This this is your affirmation for today. I can decide today to recalibrate my energy and commit to love and joy. I really think decluttering recalibrates. Let me read it again. Excuse me, one second. (laughs) I can decide today to recalibrate my energy and commit to love and joy. That is your affirmation for today. All right. 
now I'm going to jump in the chat. So share your comments, your questions, your things you want to talk about, and let's get this baby done, shall we? All right. <laughs> Popping up to the top, we have Heather. Hello, Heather. Welcome, welcome. I'm happy to have you. Martha, Joy. Heather says, oh my gosh, that's why my room is always a disaster right now going through it. A lot of us have gone through it. I went through it. Sometimes, you know, I... <laughs> I'm not by nature an organized person, but I do my best to stay on top of it today. I do pretty good. But but back in the day, you know, especially when I was in my deepest depths of despair, not so much. <laughs> it was rough. Uh, Martha says, dealing with organiza- organizational craziness. There we go. I get it. Infidel Biker, what a cool name. Hey, everyone, back with you after finishing a top- toxic relationship last night. Oh, that's a tough place to be. Welcome back, and I'm so sorry you're... You must be hurting now. Aquarian Queen in the house. Hello. Cool name. And a welcome. Heather Hartman has um, support for Infidel. Hello, Violet. Lorian. I'm always so happy to see you. It's been a while since I had you regularly, and I'm happy you're back. Martha says, I've switched between the two. Yeah? Between going super organized and the other way. That's pretty normal, maybe. I mean, I think. I, I have gone through very brief phases where I was excessively organized. <laughs> very briefly. Um... <laughs> My girl says, my sister and I live in clutter. We were beaten if we didn't clean as kids. Same. And that's probably part of the reason I went the way that I did with that. Um, greetings all. Hello, Nubia. Kat says, Heather, my boyfriend has a narc mom. N- now no contact, but now has hoarding symptoms. Yeah, again, this is a common, unfortunate issue. Hello, Ella. Welcome back. Um, Heather says, I'm unfortunately stuck in this relationship for now. I'm disabled and need my husband's insurance because the VA won't take care of me. That is unfortunate. And are you sure that's true? The VA is supposed to be much better than that. But I, I'm not telling you what... Let me just take back the are, are you sure part. I'm not trying to invalidate your experience. I, I know you know what you're talking about. Um, Angel Mary, OD, OCD and ADHD brain in a toxic relationship. Yeah, I actually... I know you'd be shocked, squirrel. I actually have that myself, the ADHD issue. Um, and I've actually talked before about how those things can be connected as well. But that's another day. Morning all says UNA. Hey, welcome. I'm glad you made it. I hope you slept. Um, Heather says, Cat, oh no, oh my gosh. Did I... Oh, okay, about the hoarding. Yeah. Cat says, his therapist said he may need to, he may keep things because his mother kept grudges. Interesting. I don't know if that's... Well, I'm sure the therapist knows. A, A. Terrell says, thank you so much for talking about this. My pleasure. Misty says, well, with my ex, there was a lot of clutter. Right now, living with family, there's a lot of clutter, but I think it's because there's more people and less space. I'm curious how things will go when I move. Understood. Um, Kat says it's all connected. I do agree with that 100%. I do believe it's all connected. Um, Wake and Possum says it's only do enough to get through the day. Yeah, I've I've been there. I've been to that place where basically, you know, I would get up and... The only reason I think I showered is because I was working out in the world. I know a lot of people struggle with showering even after they go through this stuff. Um, I did shower, but because I was going to an office every day in <laughs> cubicles and I didn't want to be stinky. But it is an issue um, for a lot of people. Um, Kat says, Heather, we need universal health care. I agree with that, but this is, a, this is not the discussion of today. Heather says, um, that may be a bit why. I'm so sorry. I That's so hard to deal with. Okay. Um, the independent stage said, I was decluttered. I was cluttered for years. Ten months ago, I literally went through and got rid of 17 boxes of garbage. Garbage. Didn't that feel like a huge weight off of your life, off of your 
self and everything. I, I, I've done that. And it, <laughs> when we moved from one house to another, um, what, five, six years ago, it's amazing how much clutter one family can gather. And a lot of it was just stuff in, in boxes in our basement. Like I was talking about the organized clutter. We literally threw away an entire dumpster full of stuff before we moved. We had a dumpster brought to our house and just threw, I mean, some of it was furniture and things we just didn't need anymore, but it was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the independent stage says, I moved these 17 boxes across the country. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Um, but not that time. <laughs> uh, Heather says, the VA won't help me. They don't take care of this difficult disease. I'm so sorry. That is so unfair, Heather. And I, I would, you know, I, the reason I said anything at all about it is because when I was first a single mom, I worked in healthcare and billing and stuff. And I, I got, I dealt with the VA directly on behalf of clients and helped them get things paid for. That's why I was sort of shocked, but I don't know your whole story. So I shouldn't pretend that I do. Um, Martha Ross says, I think part of my issues was to keep people away. Everything. Now that's interesting. She said, everything you mentioned has passed through my experiences. This is interesting. And I think there is something to that actually kind of isolating ourselves with the clutter. I think that makes a lot of sense. Actually, Martha, that's really a powerful observation. Um, Kat says, I think Bernie Sanders, okay, we're not talking politics today, y'all. I mean, you're fine to talk about it in the chat. I just don't want to talk about it on the, on the stream because, <laughs> um, you know. All right, let's see here. Joy says, yes, I have summer and winter things together, but I don't keep mine. That is great, actually. If I don't consider that clutter. If you have like your summer clothes in a box and you rotate them out when, you, when it's time and stuff, Actually, I wish I was better about that. I'd probably have a lot more storage space in my closet if I did that. Uh, but no, I don't. I just tend to, yeah. Okay. Hey, Shred Squad. Welcome back. Happy to have you. Um, let's see here. Retro51 says, everything Andrew, Angie is saying is ringing true for me. I feel you, man. Um, Heather Hartman says, I kind of like him. Okay, we're back here. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Angel Mary says, grief and, de- mm-hmm. grief and depression are paralyzing so things just add up. Yes, they are paralyzing. And that is so, you know what? A lot of us don't realize that when we get out of these relationships, we need to take the time to grieve because we can, you know, we can certainly, and this is one of the things I did wrong. I didn't take the time to grieve at first and I shoved down my feelings and I just tried to go on and live because I thought that's what I had to do. I had a child and whatever, but I wasn't allowed to feel my feelings. And so it caused me to feel very stuck. You know, and you're so right. They are paralyzing. That's a really important point. Ruth says, I just, I need help. He hurt my self-esteem so bad. He's in jail. I just want to be sage and happy again. Safe and happy again, I think you meant. And that's, you know what? I'm glad you're here with us because this is what we're here for. And I think the fact that he's in jail now, I don't know if you can move away from him or if there's some other way that you can that you can deal with that. But the thing is, Ruth, that I think if you are dealing with a clutter issue, then definitely work on that. If you are able to move out of the place that he knows you're at, do that. If not, change your locks, change your life, and make it so that there's no room there for him when he comes back. Don't let him back into your life. Can you do that? Heather says, too many things and dirt because I was bedbound for eight years straight. Oh, yeah, and that, that definitely makes a big difference. And Heather, you might want to consider, if you can, trying to bring someone in to help deal with that for you, whether it's somebody that you pay 
to do it or it's somebody that you exchange services with. Like, like I said, if you're good at doing taxes or you can, you know, whatever it is, do something that you're good at for them and have them help you with that. Um, I really think sometimes just a, having someone come in and do a once over can be a huge help and relief for you in a situation like that. <clears throat> Wake and Possum says, Angie, I love the new direction you're taking with your channel. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that. Not everyone is loving it yet. <laughs> uh, Martha says, I have one room full of things. I'm just getting ready to get into it. I just shut the door. See? And that's how those of us who are more concerned, you know, that that's a really, <clears throat> it's more common than you think. I, I remember um, I had a neighbor who clearly had a hoarding problem. Um, but she had, and you could kind of walk through her house in some, but there was stuff everywhere, everywhere. It was probably the worst hoarding problem I've ever seen in person. Um, even the dining room table was covered with stuff. I mean, there was nowhere to sit in the house. Uh, but they had one room that was literally filled ceiling to floor. You could barely open the door and get in there with just brand new unused items that this woman had purchased. It was crazy. Um, and I felt bad for her, but I, you know, she wasn't in a place to even hear about it. So I didn't, and she wasn't my family, so I, I didn't push her, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. Um, but, but it's, I'm sure yours isn't as bad as hers was, Martha. Um, yeah. But a lot of times what people will have is probably what you have, where, where you have most of the house looks normal and healthy and fine, but then there's one secret room of clutter. And that's, that's another way that it goes sometimes. Um, <clears throat> Kathy, hello and welcome, says, I've noticed I'm becoming a hoarder since the narc relationship ended. Totally different from how I was before it. That's a thing. And this is exactly what we're talking about here is, you know, there are different levels of this. Of course, some people just have a couple little piles and some people have a serious issue. But in any case, it's not worth your, your, your peace. It's not worth the struggle that it takes for you to keep having to go through that. Um, it's worth taking even even one step a day toward fixing it, taking one item out or one bag of stuff. I think I've talked before about the fly lady, who is probably one of the original influencers. Um, I found her way back in like before Facebook, before anything else, uh, like mm, 2003. I found her on the internet when my I was pregnant with my son and they put me on bed rest and somehow I ran across her site and boy, it really changed my world because I was able to sort of well, first of all, she was very compassionate, and I liked that. And she was able to sort of offer little things, little tips, and and through those, you should check her out if you're struggling with this because she really is. I mean, I'm 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 not an expert in this stuff. I just know about how it affects us and and stuff like that. Uh, but her stuff is is incredibly powerful, and and she teaches you a lot of little tricks like the 27 fling boogie, which I, I mentioned before, I think where you take a bag and you walk around, and you pick up 27 things, maybe 27 things you're going to give away. And then another 27 things you're going to, you're going to throw away or whatever, whatever it is for you, but it's a good idea. And it takes five minutes if you let it. So even just spend five to 15 minutes a day doing something with the clutter, you can make a big difference in a week or two, you know, otherwise don't spend that five, five to 15 minutes a day and have no difference. You know what I mean? Like You'll be surprised. Just give it a shot. All right. Um, okay. Um, Kai Lim, hello and welcome, says, Hi, Angie, you helped me get out of a suicidal period after an abusive relationship. I'm so glad to hear that. She said, I've stopped, I'd stopped eating for a week, but I'm happy and strong now a year later. That makes 
my heart swell. And I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much. I'm about to cry a little bit. It's one of those days. That is amazing. I, I love to hear that. It makes my, my whole thing worth doing when I hear things like that. Thank you so much. Um, purple flip. Nope. Purple flirp. (laughs) I like that name. Says my mom was a narcissist, a control freak. I think my clutter is my pushback trying to work on it. Same, same, excessively same. (laughs) Um, but I, you know what? I had to find a happy medium. I am not one of those people who needs to be like hyper, you know, structured all the time. I need a little bit of flexibility, but when you know, okay, I always throw my keys right here. You know, you could put up a little hook right there and just hook your keys on there and then they don't lay in the, you know, on the counter or whatever, or excuse me, that's what I've done. Or if you know that, like I know, I always have a little stack of notebooks and books and things I'm working on reading and stuff like that for, for work stuff or, or workbooks I'm trying to go through. And what I'll do is I'll keep them like in a little basket next to me. And if the basket gets too full, well, I have to stop and put some things away. You know what I mean? Whatever it is for you. Um, make allowances for yourself. Not all of us are naturally like super organized people, but we can be organized in our own ways, you know, and we need to learn to make allowances for ourselves just like we would for anyone else who we love unconditionally. You feel me? Yep. Okay. Martha says, I am working. Oh, good, Martha. Good. She is working on doing one thing a day. And if she gets more done, great. That is awesome. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Okay. Yeah. Angel says, I was never like this before, but now, and this is exactly what we see a lot of is that, you know, before they're, someone's totally normal and they, they do the normal housework things. Same thing happened to me. And then they go through a really traumatic relationship and then they fall off and they never, they have a hard time starting up again. The normal, you know, with ADLs, you know, activities of daily living, they, they struggle with that. And, you know, for example, let's say this has actually happened to me. <laughs> I used to love to cook. And then this narcissist made me feel like I was not a good cook, even though I was a good cook. And it, it got to the point where I wouldn't cook. I would only either order food out or go pick food up or just, you know, throw some ravioli in a bowl and call it dinner. And and the change, you know, happens when you release the... Um, you release the attachment to what happened before and you recognize you have to rethink everything and you have to recognize that, you know, in this case, okay, you are capable of cooking me. I was capable of cooking. I could do it well, but I just had stopped because I was tired of being complained at every time I put some food on the table. The haba wasn't good enough. And it probably wouldn't have mattered if I was like some four star chef, which I am not because this person would have found something wrong with anything I made. And then a lot of times while they complain, 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 they would eat it and then eat seconds be like, I, th- I thought you didn't like it. And they would say, ah, it's all right. <laughs> you know, such silliness. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Just be real says, yeah, my, exactly. My house is a wreck right now. 51 days, no contact. Exactly. That's a thing. That's a thing. Um, yeah. But I just noticed E-Rock's not here today. I hope he's okay. Um, UNA says, if you're keeping things for memories or nostalgia, take a picture keep a picture and pitch the object. That was a huge game changer for me. That's a great, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a huge game changer for me. I do that with my kids, um, artwork stuff. I do that with all the things and it's hard sometimes to let go of some of those things. And I'll admit to keeping a few of the originals. Um, but yeah, I do that and I try, you know, 
I try to always remind myself it's just stuff. It's, you know, it, it, obviously when it's things with my kids' artwork or things that are sentimental, it's a little harder to do that. But you can do that. You can do that with photographs. I mean, people don't usually throw away photographs. Um, but, but I do that for the most part. I take a picture and I let go of the clutter. And that makes a big difference for things like that. When it comes to clothing and things like that, I just tell myself, you know, I can give this to someone who could use it. I'm never going to wear it again. Why am I keeping it? You know, I, I try to just be uh, ruthless with myself when it comes to non-sentimental items. Sentimental things I'm more likely to hold on to a little longer. But again, when it comes to things like paper clutter, I'll take a picture and throw it away for sure. Um, yeah, Heather says, great idea. Martha says, I'm a collector. I'm trying to curb that. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I, I went through phases where I was a collector of things. Um, I probably, maybe I still collect a few books, but I tend to get rid of the books that don't really deeply resonate with me. Um, so, but outside of that, yeah. No, I'm lying. I have a ridiculous amount of cameras that I don't know how to use <laughs> and studio equipment. I probably need to go through and get rid of half of it that I don't use. Um, but yeah, but what happens is I'll buy something. I'll think I, this is the thing I've been needing for all this time. And then I'll try it out or I won't. And It'll seem too complicated and I'll go back to my old thing I've always done. And that's not good either. <laughs> I need to get over that. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, just be real and Chloe get that. They agree with that. Um, Kai says, thank you to Misty. I have a psychiatrist and a therapist. Awesome. Now helping me through CPTSD and panic disorder. Kai, that is good news. I'm so glad to hear it. Um, Heather has love and hugs for Mary Hart, uh, Angel Mary. And then Infidel Biker says, I can't put my finger on if my recently duped girlfriend was BPD. I just couldn't handle the lies and gaslighting anymore. Can I make a statement? Uh, 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 I'm going to make a comment on that Infidel Biker because here's what I think. I think it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. I don't think it matters what the label was. The fact is she was gaslighting you and lying to you on a regular basis. Therefore, she doesn't deserve your time and your attention and your energy. And I know that it's difficult to, to see it from that perspective, but I think you did the right thing. You know, somebody who's going to continually lie to you and gaslight you and manipulate you, that's not somebody that deserves your time and your energy and your love. And I hope that I know you're hurting and I know it's not easy to just let go like that. But please know that you're not alone here. And, and a lot of us have been right where you are. And I'm glad you're here with us getting the support that you that you need. Um, Kathy says, thank you, Angie, for opening my eyes to this. I'm sure I would still be stuck if I never would have found you. Thank you for helping me see that it wasn't only me. And boy, do you got it in every topic. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, I've tried really hard to cover all aspects of this topic. Um, I know that now all of a sudden it's kind of crazy. All of a sudden it's all over television. It's all over everything. They're talking about narcissism and narcissists and toxic relationships. But when I started talking about it, hardly anyone was talking about it. So it's kind of weird for me to see all these new people talking about it. Um, but I'm glad that, that you found, that you found the confident, uh, confident content to be helpful to you. And I hope that it continues to help you and other people as well, because that is why I do what I do. Um, Joyce says, yeah, it's too much for me to handle. I get it. I get it. Really consider bringing someone in to help whether you pay them or not. You know, you can, you would be shocked. There are some clean, you know, individuals who will come over and you can pay them 10 bucks an hour or five bucks an hour or whatever. Get kids involved. You can pay them even less. <laughs> I'm not advocating child labor, but if they're your own kids, they could do it for free or you could pay them a few bucks or 
give them an experience as a result. Like, you know, hey, if you guys help me, you know, clean up this space right here, I'll take you guys to the movies or I'll take you out to eat at your favorite restaurant or whatever. Something, you know, give them something in return or I'll make your favorite dinner or whatever. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, yeah. Or maybe you'll help them clean their space too. You know, like I helped my daughter with her crazy mess the other day. Whew. Couldn't believe it. Anyway. Um, yeah, Heather says, I need help cleaning my bodies in a bad way. Yeah, Heather, I feel you, honey. And, and that is when it's really important to bring in some help. And if you're, I find if it's somebody that you trust, look, this is funny, but there are certain people, <laughs> I would never necessarily hire a maid per se to help me with like my bedroom because I don't want anybody looking at my underwear. I know that's so silly, but I feel that way. Um, however, like there have been times over the years where I've paid my I paid my sister Piper to come over and help me clean my room because I don't mind if she sees my underwear. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, or or my, my best friend. I don't mind if she sees my underwear, but most people can't see them. So I'm a little weird about that. My point is, <laughs> if there's something like your underwear that you don't want people to see, then just have them stay out of that space and have them work on the other spaces and we'll come back to that space. You know what I mean? Um, okay. <clears throat> A. Tyrell says, my ex used to yell at me for doing paperwork and some chores. I still struggle with fear when I try to do these things, but I'm working on it. Yeah, see, that's exactly, th- this is another issue with, a, like we were talking about earlier, how our, our mothers, you know, were so obsessively, you know, we were on this schedule, this cleaning schedule had to be so perfect. And and this is the same thing. When, when somebody, your ex, or even a former boss who was really especially toxic, you know, screams at you or belittles you or makes you feel like nothing because you're not doing enough or you're not doing it fast enough or you're not doing right or whatever. Yeah, of course it's going to cause you anxiety. It's almost like a natural reaction to it, you know, because you, you become conditioned. And remember we talked about recently, we talked about, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, challenging your conditioning. Here's one of those times you can do that. Challenge your conditioning. Even if you have to sit there and tell yourself, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about that person anymore. I can do this. This is, I'm safe. I'm safe. That's an important thing to remind yourself. Um, yeah, I totally feel you. Yeah. Um, Angel Mary says, I grew up in a very abusively toxic home and then ended up in an almost 15 year relationship with a narcissist. Sounds familiar. Um, yeah, that's exactly why we end up the way we do. Um, Jerry says, and I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Jerry. Welcome. Um, I've gained about 10 kilograms of weight with a narcissist ex. He was eating junk food, alcohol, drinks, uh, all with sugar in them, ice cream all the time, sugar. I was 97 before leaving. Now I'm 92. Eight months, no contact. Well, good for you. Keep going and be healthy, my friend. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, Kai says, that's horrible. I hope you find your courage soon. Waken Possum says, my clutter equals hopelessness that I will have company. Yes. I, I can relate to that. I went through a long period of that where I felt like I couldn't let anybody in my space. I was too embarrassed about it. And now I'm still like, if it's somebody I don't know or it's somebody that I, you know, I have who have, hasn't been in my house before, it has to be perfect and spotless before they can come in. And I need to get over that. But it's how I am. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I get it. Heather Hartman says, trauma from my childhood, worse than the army. Trauma from, wow, trauma from the army and trauma from this relationship equals... PTSD times three. I'm sorry, Heather. I know that's horrible. And I know that makes you feel completely overwhelmed. But you know what? I'm really proud of you for being here and trying because that is the first step. Just acknowledging and recognizing the issue and learning how to understand it. The first two steps, big ones, big steps. 
don't beat yourself up. Stay strong. Stay focused. And, and know that just because you can't do all the physical things you want to do, it doesn't mean that you can't have hope and look forward to, to something new. You can. You can. Um, Heather says, no wonder I'm so messy. Right. Totally. Uh, Jerry says, there's clutter in your body, but depressed and but he was depressed and anxious rarely he was cooking anything he preferred bad foods and mcdonald's i gained so much weight it's a lot of work today to weigh less oh yes oh yes <laughs> i can relate trust me yes martha says hmm, i went from underweight and organized clutter everywhere to only crazy amounts of things in two areas but i gained 25 pounds in 2.5 months with very little diet change i'm not saying it's connected i'm just saying that oprah kind of said it was connected and i kind of see a connection when i when i <laughs> When I am better about, look, I know this sounds ridiculous, but when I helped my daughter clean her room, I think I subconsciously lost two pounds over the weekend because it was so, it was cleansing to do it. And it also, you know, because I hadn't, I had no idea she had that much mess in there, but it was also really, um, it was therapeutic in a way because I felt like, you know, it was, yeah, anyway. Okay. Um, let's see here. Heather says, Angel Mary, I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that trauma. Lots of love and many hugs. Um, Jerry, proud of you for keeping the no contact. Yes, indeed. Shayu is here. Hey, Shayu, welcome back. Uh, Martha says, I have a teddy bear made from my grandfather's ties and his mason pen. See, that's awesome. Isn't that a great idea? I really love that. Um, Jerry says, some may end underweight if your narcissist is controlling what you eat. Valid point. He didn't let me eat healthy. We ate poorly when together. I'm now working and Tess said that my health is much better now. Um, I experienced a similar thing with leaving the narcissist. Um, yeah. Teresa says, got rid of stuff that made me sad. Very good. She said, I used Marie Kondo's Spark Joy method. It really works. Now, I've heard some really positive things about that method. I have not myself tried it because, I don't know, I don't really have time to go through and hold each thing. But <laughs> I don't know the whole story. I did buy the book, though. And eventually I'll read it and maybe I will get rid of some more stuff. But I do think that a lot of people have found great success with that. I don't know if it's always right for survivors, but I say give it a try if it sounds and feels right to you. You know, yeah, I know there's tons of videos on it on YouTube, so check those out too. Um, Kachu says decluttering an appointment right now is crazy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Heather says, Jerry, I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that. Kachu says, I don't like getting judged. Oh, yes, in the process of actual cleaning. I get that. I get that. Nobody like, you know, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. I have a little empath son. He's not little. He's 6'3". Um, he's 16. And he said to me the other day, you know, I see people, Mom. I see people different than other people do. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I can see all their, all their things. And I said, well, what's my thing? And he said, you don't like to be judged. He was so right. I didn't even realize. I mean, I am judged on a regular basis, and I normally just blow that off. You know, I stay tough about it. But if if somebody close to me seems like they're judging me, I just kind of, I try to stay open to criticism when it's healthy criticism and it's positive or, or constructive instead of positive, constructive. Um, and I try really hard to be open to it, and I am. But he's right. There is a part of me that doesn't want to be judged, and that's because of what I grew up with constantly being judged. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes if say they come to me with some issue they see in me that I'm not ready to resolve yet, I'm like, okay, okay, I hear you, <laughs> you know, and we're all human. We can't all be perfect. None of us can really. So, um, <clears throat> yep. 
Uh, Jerry says, it's possible to gain clutter in your body with narcissists. I don't do a thing with him for eight months. I have removed all things related to him, like the candle he gave me as a gift. One candle, his only gift. Wow. Good for you. That is a powerful thing. And I was just going to, you know what? I was going to bring something else up. I do think that it's really important to remove things from your space that remind you of that person. Even if you're not ready to get rid of them, I'm about to tell you an anti an anti tip. If you're not ready to get rid of them, put them in a box and tape them up and put it in the furthest corner of your closet or house or whatever, but don't have it out in public and out in your, out in your living space. And the other thing I was going to say is that find yourself a freedom object, right? So I've talked about this a bazillion times, but uh, you know, when I left my ex-husband, I went and I, I bought this little uh, candle holder at pier one. It was a mosaic candle holder. Um, and I, I've had it for years. Now it's sitting at our other house, broken sadly but uh but it exists still um but i had it for many years it just got broken recently and it, it cost eight dollars but every time i looked at it i thought it was so beautiful i loved it so much and it reminded me of my freedom and so if you can do that you know you don't have to spend a lot of money i was i was very broke <laughs> when i left my ex-husband and so i i just couldn't afford to buy something super nice like a diamond ring or whatever so I bought myself this little object for my house and it was just this big, you know, a little small candle holder. And it really helped me because every time I put it in a prominent place in my home and every time I saw it, I remembered I was free. And that was very powerful. Something to think about. Little suggestion for you. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Kat says, um, yeah, things get messier sometimes before they get cleaner. And that is true. But that's why I recommend starting one little area at a time if you're doing it yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself because I've done that too. And, and the other thing I, I've done is I'm that girl who when you go through and start cleaning through, going through boxes and cleaning stuff, you'll see me in the corner reading my old yearbook <laughs> or something, looking through old stuff. But you have, to, you have to not let yourself do that. You have to, that's why the 15 minutes a day thing works great is if you just focus on, okay, this one shelf I need to clean off or I need to go through this pile of clothes and throw away the things or get rid of the things that don't fit anymore, put the other things in the wash, whatever it is for you. One thing, one thing at a time. That's the biggest, most important thing I think is, is just do one thing. And like, I think Angel, one of you guys said earlier in the chat, I think it was Martha. If you do one thing and, and you get that one thing done, stop if you want or keep going. Either way, whatever you feel like doing, like Give yourself permission to stop after you do that one thing for today or tomorrow or whatever. And then if you choose to stop because that you're done, that's you're too tired, you don't want to do it anymore, fine, start again tomorrow. But a lot of times what we find is when we do one thing, we're like, momentum, I want to do another thing. And that's a beautiful thing. You would be shocked. You would be shocked. All right. Yeah. Jerry says, it's ridiculous how many of us went the same road with a narcissist. I am minimalist myself and removing clutter, including toxic people made a big difference. Yes, that is a big, <laughs> including toxic people. Toxic people are like clutter in our energy fields, in our, in our friend groups, in our lives, you know, and so as we're going through and clearing out other things, a lot of times we'll find these toxic people are, you know, somebody we don't need close to us in our inner circle, regardless of who they are, you know? Um, Heather says it's out of control over here. Just the bedroom. The rest of the house is the husband's brother-in-laws and mom-in-laws. Okay. So in that case, Heather, maybe there's someone you can bring in to help you. Maybe you bring in a close friend or even just like a, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, how much is being paid for, but sometimes the VA even might send over somebody to help around the house or 
probably not in this case from what I'm hearing, but, you know, or, or hire a local teenager to come over and help. You know, I don't know. There are lots of different ways you can bring people in. Kat says, my boyfriend of the narcissist, who has a narcissist mother kept all kinds of shirts, eighth grade math competition shirt. I've seen that before too. Yeah, like a collection almost, but it's excessive. Um, Kat says, what can you not get rid of? Personally, I mean, I, I try to look at it like this. I try to look at it like, okay, well, it's all, <clears throat> it's all just stuff. The most important thing to me is my family, my children, you know, myself, the phys- the people, the cats, <laughs> you know, the alive things. The other stuff is just stuff. Certainly there are things I'd be sad if I lost, but I wouldn't die. And so I try really hard to just, you know, I try to keep things I love and not things that just cause me distress. Do you know what I mean? Um, okay. And I, I try to only keep things I have space for, which is another day. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> um, okay. Angel Mary says to Heather, Marie Kondo is awesome. Parts are kind of kooky, but at the base, it's an amazing program. There are tons of books on Audible and videos here on YouTube, and that is true. I've seen them, and I've watched a lot of them myself. And like I said, I bought the book recently. And um, I'm not totally sure it's for me, but I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure that there aren't bits of it. There are bits of it that I can take into my own practice. So do what, you know, again, this is the thing I think it's really important for us. We tend to be all or nothing people. We tend to think that it's all or nothing. Like either we are doing the Marie Kondo thing or we are not doing the Marie Kondo thing. But really, you can take one part of it. Like maybe you want to hold each object and decide does it make you have joy or not. Or maybe you want to skip that part and instead do some other things that are involved in the system. But don't, you know, you can make it your own. The same with anything I say. If something I tell you kind of resonates with you, but it feels a little different, switch it up. It's your thing. You know, this is your life. You don't have to do what I say or what anyone else says. Do what feels right to you. This is all about you, you know? All right. Alicia says, living in one room and a small bathroom with two pets makes it really difficult to get uncluttered and organized. Absolutely. There are different systems you can use for this. And Alicia, I would say to you, look around on YouTube there are people who live in little tiny like apartments in New York. They're just one tiny room bigger than some people's, or, you know, the same size as my closet in my other house almost. And, um, you know, and, and look how they do it because they have some really ingenious ideas and solutions. And the other thing you might think about is how much of that stuff do you actually need and how much of that stuff do you not need? You know, think about cheap ways you can organize better, you know, stuff like that. Um, something I did over here is in the bedroom here I put... Um, really cheap, like, I don't know, I think I paid $40 or less for these two sets of shelves and they just screw together. You don't need any tools or anything. I think they're called no tool shelves, maybe. And I bought bins, uh, fabric bins, and I labeled each bin, shirts, pants, whatever. And I put my clothes in there and then I hang the rest in the closet or whatever. And it's really, really helpful. And it cost me less than a hundred dollars probably to do the whole thing. Maybe, maybe 125, but not much. That looks nice. People think it looks cool. And, you know, you can do amazing things with small spaces if you want to. (laughs) I mean, this space isn't tiny, but it's smaller than I'm used to. And it's like a little, anyway, another story. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, Kachu says, I have old 19th century books I want to restore. I have some old books too, and I'll never, I'll never give them up. But, but those are, yeah, well, anyway. That's really cool. My grandfather, I used to love to go to my grandfather's house and look through his library. He had, I mean, he had books that still had like, 
some of them were even handwritten. They were from his family and stuff, and they had like lists of, well, anyway, it was really cool. Um, I love old books. So many interesting things. I'll, I'll buy them sometimes when I go to different um, like stores or where they sell old things, the library sales, stuff like that. I'm such a nerd. Um, but we're not talking about things we want to keep. We're talking about things we're getting rid of. Alicia says, I have rearranged my bedroom so many times. There are just too many obstacles to try to work around, and there's only so much I can get rid of. I do get that. I do. And if, if that is the one area that you have, you know, there are lots of things you can do, though. Like, um, I bought a platform bed that has drawers under it, you know, so so there's storage space, that organized storage space under the bed. You know, you can buy those cube shelves really cheap uh, where you, you know, they in different configurations, put them all against the wall and bins can be really useful for that. If you have a ginormous dresser in there, maybe you pull that out of there and you put bins and shelves in and save yourself some space. You know, there's just, there's different things you can do. Um, and I know that, I know it's a pain, but if nothing else, just keep things as, as give yourself a, a way to walk through. Think feng shui. You know what I mean? Think feng shui that will be really helpful for you martha says my family always called me the historian keeping sentimental things this is interesting one of my clients has a uh, her, her father passed away and her father kept every letter he ever wrote and somehow every letter that was written back to him <laughs> i don't know how he did that uh but there there they all all are and it's pretty interesting definitely would, would say there's a historian factor to that um let's see here one second It gets so dry in here. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, Jerry says, oh, my narcissist, he was a borderline. He was a hoarder. Debt was over $20,000 and growing. In his house, no space to walk. Boxes after boxes unloaded since he moved six month, moved in six months ago. He bought more stuff. <gasps> and Jerry says, I paid the bills. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Kat says you feel like you can't breathe in there. Right, exactly. Um, all right, guys, I am going to wrap up. I want to keep talking so much, but here's what's going to happen. Um, I will be back here on this channel um, around 1230-ish Central Time, as long as Dana is available to stream with me today, which I think she is. I haven't heard for sure, but we're trying to be more regular. So I should be back here around 1230 Central Time. Um, I will maybe not be sending out a text message when we do that stream, but um, I'll try to send out notifications everywhere else. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, things you want to talk about, or any topics that you would like Dana and I to cover during that stream, hit me in the comments here and I'll take a look at them. Um, otherwise, I will see you if you're available around 1230 Central Time, which right now it's 1014 Central Time, so just under two hours or so. I'll be back and we'll talk some more. All right. As always, thank you so much for being part of my day and a part of my life. Thank you for letting me be a part of yours. Thank you for being there and, and for letting me be with you today. All right. I'll see you soon.